Welcome back to Just Jay-Z, a place where we talk all things hair, business, pop culture, lifestyle, and more. Here's Jesse to welcome you into this episode. All right, welcome back to Just Jay-Z. It is Jesse and Christina and Megan and Tim. Michelle. <laughs> Oh, okay. Daddy Styles. Daddy Styles. I got a lot of names. names. So we are all here today for the Money with Michelle episode. We're really excited. It's going to be a great one because we are talking about salon ownership and running a salon. So we have Money with Michelle, who's my business partner in the salon, and then Megan, who runs the salon. She's the salon manager. So we're going to kind of hear both sides of it today. But you know what we have to start with? Peaks and pets. Let's talk peaks and pets. Okay, I guess I'll go. So my pit for this week is that I was not prepared. Pit, and you're going to love this, is Jordan just called me. He has my car and he's like, your AC's not working. And I'm like, yeah, I've noticed that, but I just didn't, maybe I just didn't know how to turn it on. He's like, no, we have to get the whole thing replaced. He called them and they were like, yeah, this happens with Range Rovers. They have to replace the whole AC unit for free. But Jordan's like, I'm ordering your Tesla. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we don't pay this much money for a car not to have it work. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So, and um, Cody would have been like, I told you not to buy a Range Rover. Yep. <laughs> I, I told have, them not to, too. I know. I know. But if we order it, it won't be here until like November. So I'm like, you can order it. Model Y, Model S, Model X. What are you thinking? I have no idea. She has no clue. An SUV. Whatever the biggest <laughs> one is I want. So that's my pit. And then my peak. But, um, my peak for the week is that we have Jay-Z merchandise dropping today. So this is a podcast merch collab with Jay-Z Styles. We all have them in our hands right now. Um, basically, it's the best cup in the world. For those of you that love Stanley, it's kind of like a Stanley dupe type cup, but it's a little bit different. There's a handle that you can like hook onto the side of your bag. It's a little bit smaller, uh, but it still has like the narrow bottom. There's three designs. We're all obsessed, aren't we? The handle yes. is way better than the Stanley. I love it. Plus, the size is perfect. Don't you think? Yeah. I know Nat was like, I feel like not as guilty like filling it with Diet Coke at this size <laughs> rather than if it's this big. I'm like, there that's, you go. A, that's a plus. So it comes in three colors. We have a pink, a tan, and a white. You can head on over to our Instagram page to check it out, or we will um, link these cups in the show notes below. Grab yourself one or all three. You're not going to regret it. Uh, there's an Education with Jesse one, and then there's two podcast ones. So there's one that it just kind of has like, our Jay-Z logo, you get what you work for, not what you wish for, which we say on the pod all the time. And then the chandelier moment, which we talk about as well. So if you know, you know, if you know, you know, <laughs> so go ahead, grab yourself one of these. That's my peak because I've been working on these for like, you didn't even know actually until recently I was doing this. Uh, correct. And that usually is how things <laughs> roll. Yeah. So I, we've had, so like funny story, we had tumblers for a long time, but they were like, they didn't have a handle. They were like, more of a metal material and when we made them it was like two three years ago they made them wrong and everything came like dented and like like some of them were dented the colors were off so they ended up giving us the order for free which was great but for the last two years we've been kind of just like using those and I knew I wanted to do this type so I've been working on these for like six months maybe and they came and I'm just really proud of them because I feel like they're perfect like usually when you get product and you're not sure and like if it's going to turn out the way you hoped and these are great. So that is my peak for the week. Go ahead, get yourself a Just Jeezy Tumblr. You're not going to regret it. And tag us in stories if you do. You can go. Cool. Mine is, uh, so I'm looking at my peak 
which I think would be being on the podcast. You know, <gasps> say that again. So being on the podcast, it's awesome. I I love doing this. This is he fun. texts me all saying he's like, is it actually happening? Because I cancel on him every time. So this is <laughs> this is the third time I've been on the schedule to have this podcast. Yeah. So Bye. I get re- I get I get prepared for it. You know, just reviewing my notes, so I'm prepared, and and I was going to do it this morning, and I'm like, I'm going to find out if I'm going to actually be doing this. <laughs> so, so that life. that is, I love coming and doing this. And then my peak, I you know, I pit pit pit. My pit was I woke up at 4 a.m. and I couldn't <gasps> go back to sleep, and it's like, oh, I then you kind of like exhausted mm-hmm. all day long. And if you fall asleep after that, it's so much harder to wake up the second time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eat that like you have a kid or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> My pit is probably that I have to go get my ring resized, oh, which like it's going to be that. good, but then I don't get to wear it for like a week. So yeah, it's like it 10 days sometimes. Yeah. So, is it too big? Or too yeah. Small? They, the sizing thing that they had when I got it, um, the lowest they had was a five okay. and I had a feeling I would need smaller than that, but. Oh my gosh. You have tiny yeah. little hands. I know. So what are you like a four, seven, five? Probably. I don't even know. The problem is I don't have something that I can try on to see. But Now, now that looks like a pretty big rock there. Is that pretty heavy? I mean, is that like where like your just, arm down? It's always down here. That's how mine was. That's I got a commission on that ring just saying. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Go to Jay Brooks. They're the best. They are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my peak for the week would probably be, um, I'm going wedding dress shopping on Saturday. Oh, I've yay. gone to multiple places so far, but where are you going Saturday? Alta Moda. Oh. Oh. So, so good. Cute. That's where I got Is my that- dress that ended up not working, really? but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it came way too big. So make sure they measure you correctly. But okay. you're going to find your dream there. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. It's do you know when you're getting married? Do you, do you have a date? We've gone back and forth, but I think it's going to be next summer just yay. to give us time. We want to get a house yeah. first and do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll probably be next summer, That's like awesome. August, maybe June. I don't know. Oh, my so, gosh. So it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to see the dress. <laughs> I know. You'll have to send us photos if you choose Kay. one. Yeah, I, I will. can't wait. I, I'm curious to know what the budget is for the dress. <laughs> Go in with You don't have budget. to say well, if you don't want to. I, I just. I mean, I I'm looked at their bio and I was like, okay, are. maybe I should definitely tell them, don't even show me ones. I over, did that. Like, and the, the cool thing is they'll have a consultant that will say, what's your budget? What's your style? And they will only pull stuff you within those things. Okay, so yeah, good. tell them like my budget caps at this and then they won't even yeah. show you what Because in their bio, they literally say like up to $10,000 for yep. the dress. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, how is that a marketing tool? Like, yeah. oh, great. You have a $10,000 dress. Or even go to the bridal shows. We did that a lot. Oh, we did. I did go to one in Salt Lake. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. What you win a lot of free stuff. Um, I really like sleeve sleeveless. Yes. And oh, then great. I like the corset look that's in right now and I don't want anything super poofy because it's probably going to be a backyard wedding so I don't know if that's like I don't know you'll get a lot of bugs in your dress too oh yeah oh yeah no I don't want that and you'll be hot in the summer if it's like yeah exactly so well you're gonna find something there it's amazing yeah I'm excited for you um okay my we'll go with the pit no actually my peak and pit kind of go together so I'll do my peak my peak is that um, Jesse, Diana, and I are going to Carrie Underwood <gasps> Stop. in Vegas next weekend. Next weekend. So by the time this comes out, we're already yeah, home, but we'll already still. be back, and it'll be amazing. So <laughs> this was so a Christmas gift that I got Jesse and Diana. So we are going to be leaving next week. Um, my pit is that I didn't realize that I booked like two trips all at once, and I'm going to be gone for like eight days from Cody. It's so hard. He's not going to see Ford for like a week. So I feel bad. And you're traveling with a baby without him. That's hard too. Yeah. I mean, the flights are fast and I'll have help once I get there. It'll actually be nice because I can actually get things done. Oh, yeah. 
because I'll have people to help me. So that's normally so during the day, it's just me. So that's my peak and pit is kind of goes together. You're in a Rancho Cucamonga? Rancho Cucamonga, <laughs> here I come. All right, guys. So we thought for this episode, we could kind of dive into opening a salon, the stuff that we learned along the way, because you never really know what you're getting into. And then we also thought we could talk about day to day once the salon's open, what it's like running it, what it takes, things like that, which Megan knows more than we do, because let's be honest, we are not out there day to day like she is. So we're going to get both perspectives of it. So Michelle, do you want to start off with opening yeah. a salon? Yeah, I, I would say we've done it a few times, uh, opening a salon. Um, we've learned a lot of th- a lot of things. And so a lot of this is from our experience. My guess is, as I'm reading through the, the, the list of 10 things that I just wrote down, that if you haven't opened a salon, you will quickly understand what I'm talking about. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to, to uh, break this up into two parts. One of the parts is you're going to need to, if you're, if you're not, if you currently don't have a salon and you're looking to open one, that's kind of the, the use case that we're going with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that you need to do. And then also there are expect the following. So I've kind of broken it up into two different avenues there. Before I get going, I wanted to say the first thing that you need is a positive mindset. And, yeah. and it's hard. I, I don't always have it. I'm always trying to work on it. But it's always... So, so in general, as I get on this list, I'm not trying to be negative or anything like that. It just is what it is. And that's kind of like with life, you know, we all have expectations of what it should be. We've painted pretty pictures in our head of what it should be. Has it ever turned out exactly like you think you it will be in your head? No. It never does. And so the positive mindset is just, it could go better than what you expect. It may go worse. It could go in the middle, but just go, okay, I learned something. So overall, that's kind of what I'm trying to get across there. Um, positive mindset. And I personally can work on that as myself. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do is talk about the following things. And I keep talking about these things because these are critical to running a business and protecting yourself. Um, so these, these fall under the category of do the following. One, start small. We did that. Mm-hmm. We started small. We start Our first salon was just this little tiny... We 1,200 square feet, probably. Yeah, 1,000 to 1,200. Maybe, yeah. With 23, 26 different... Stylists. Stylists <laughs> that were all... But we had only eight stations. Yeah. Which actually is a lot for how small it was. Like, I don't think you guys realize it was like a dollhouse. Like, that's why we call it that. It was yeah. tiny. It was like three little rooms. Yeah. It was so cute, though. Yeah. I loved it. But the reason I bring that up is because it goes along with this philosophy. When you, when you rent a place like that, they're going to make you sign a lease. And now you're on the hook and that's scary. And so when you start small, the price will be smaller. But let me, let me walk through something that I've been hearing more and more about lately that's interesting to me. It's, it's, it's through in, like investing and stuff like that. And that's what you're doing. You're investing in yourself by opening a business. It's heads I win, tells I don't lose much. And so it's this idea, if, I, if, I, if I'm going to make a bet, open a salon, invest in something. If, if it works out good, I'm going to make a lot of money. But if it doesn't work out great, I'm not going to be 
taken to the cleaners. I'm not going to go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would look at opening a salon is you got to make sure you start small and that you can handle that payment. And as we dig into some of the other stuff, costs are going to be more than what you expect. Always. So that, that, that's what it is. Uh, then, then I, and I talk about these and we've had, I think, different podcasts on them. I would refer to them. First is to have the best or correct business structure. One, having an LLC. What that does is that protects you as an individual as well as your business. It separates those. But there are all these rules to make sure that they're separate. So, so, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got to make sure that you have the correct business structure. If you don't set up an LLC or something like that, you default to a sole proprietor and, and the government and, and courts will look at you as one entity. So if someone comes after your business for whatever reason, they're now into your personal stuff. Like so they you, can take your house if they see yeah. you yeah. instead of just your business assets. Correct. Oh, wow. That's, that's what the, that's what the LLC limited liability corporation and we've done a podcast on that. I would recommend yeah. referring to that. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. And then um, also insurance. Insurance is important in case something happens that uh, you've got coverage. And so I would refer to another podcast that we had on that. And then contracts. So those are kind of the things that you need to do to protect yourselves. So as you're opening a salon, keep those things in mind. They all, you know, are necessary even before you get off the ground. And the beautiful thing is you're going to learn a lot as you do this. Yeah. And I would say it's important to know all that because most people who open a salon are hairdressers or people in the industry. Because I think if you didn't have me as a daughter or mom as a wife and you knew no one who did hair, you yourself would not just go open a salon, right? Like that's the last thing you probably thought you'd be doing. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, usually it is someone in the industry opening it. And I would say 90% of the time us hairdressers are creative. So we're looking at that side of things and we're excited to have a pretty space to create hair in. And we're just kind of seeing the fun side of it. I for sure was that way. And then you realize once you start, oh, there's work involved, there's paperwork, there's legal stuff. So knowing that before you start is great because then it doesn't catch you off guard. So we've been a good partnership because I feel like I was like super excited about the creative side of it and like creating this brand and making it look and feel how we wanted. And then you were like, oh, but we also need to make sure we have our ducks in a row and things are being done correctly, which is important. So if you can either get help with that, hire it out or have a partner who knows um, if you are not in those strengths, then that's helpful. Yeah, we watched uh, we watched a YouTube video and it was basically this. Uh, it was on coffee in Seattle, this guy that had opened this thing. And he was the creative side. And, and he talked about this. He was the creative side and could care less about the business. I just had no interest. But he had a great partner that handled that side. And he's like, I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. And so, that's how kind of we are. Yeah. And you need both to thrive. So whether it's you have a business partner that's this way and you're this way, or you happen to have both skills, that would be amazing. You need both of those things. Well, it's going to be also hard. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of these things. But time-wise, it's really hard to be able to do it all. Yeah. But you know, the thing though I look at is it doesn't matter what size of business you have. A lot of these things that we're going to talk about still apply. The bigger you get, if you go from just a booth rent over up to owning your own salon, it just means that these problems or things that you have to work on are the same, but bigger. Mm -hmm. And and that's no, no matter what size you are, no matter what, it's usually the same things. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that 
<laughs> product placement. <laughs> um, you know, success is an amazing thing, but I feel like if you talk to anyone who's accomplished their goals or reached their dreams, success does not mean you find happiness. Money does not mean you find happiness. It's all like relative because the more success you have, the more work there is, the more money you have to owe in taxes. Like there's so much more that plays into it. So keeping a positive mindset is important because it's not like one day you're going to be an overnight success. And once you reach that success, you're going to be happy. Like it's, it's a constant work. It is. And I think that's the human predicament. Yeah. And, and you often hear uh, people talk about it's the journey, not the destination. Yes. And, and I am a destination guy. You mm-hmm. know, I've got my to-dos. I think we talked about this. I've got my to-dos and nothing is going to get in the way of my to-dos. Yeah. And I lose focus on enjoying life because I got my to-dos. Yeah. And so, then once you reach those to-dos, it's what's next. It's right. not like Correct. you're enjoying, I you're checked that like off. You're not satisfied with where you're at now. Yeah. Correct. That is a human condition. You're right. It is. So, so I have 10 things on my list here. Okay. And, and like I said, that this is kind of what I thought of as I started writing this out. And so what I would say is the first and foremost is expect a wild ride. Um, especially for us. I mean, mm-hmm. who knew that, that Jay-Z would be where we are today? No one knew that. I wouldn't have named it Jay-Z if I knew it would be here today. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're going to rename the business. <laughs> Could you imagine I just come in? Okay, guys, where's our line in our Jay-Z on our building, by oh, the way? I know. What Actually. happened? Oh, you do? Yeah. So one day there was a piece of metal outside the front <gasps> door, and I was like, what is that? And then Randy came up, and he's like, "Like, there's just this piece of metal that's been out there all day. So I go out there, and I'm like looking around. I can't figure out where it's from. And all of a sudden, both of us look up. And we're like, there's no line in the Jay-Z. Like, no. Our J is lost off yeah. the middle letter. Damn it. So it was on the letter. We need to get that fixed. Uh, that's not my job. Okay. Add it to your duty. Tell my mom. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Diana's okay, job. Well, I'm glad that you know. I'm like, where did yeah. that go? Yeah. So we, we uh, expect a wild ride. And, and like I said, it's, it's like when you open a salon, you're going to run into things that you had no idea even existed. And... Going back up to the positive mindset, just go roll with it mm-hmm. and, and just accept it and solve it and move on and don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it can be fun. There's going to be fun. There's going to be things that are going to make you almost want to cry and quit, yeah. but you got to just keep going through it. And as I, as I go over my list, we'll, we'll probably refer back to some of these things because they're all kind of interrelated. Yeah. So the wild ride, what's your take on the wild ride? Yeah, I think that expect the unexpected. There's always going to be things that throw you for a loop, um, good and bad. I do think that when opening any business, you're going to hit road bumps. You're going to hit client problems. You're going to hit employee problems. There's just so many things. And the biggest takeaway I've learned is that you have to have a tough skin. I went into this with a very soft skin, and I feel like I've had to develop like a harder exterior to be able to have hard conversations or go through a trial because every day it's something new here. And that's just how it is. So you ha- you can't take things too personally, yeah. which sucks, but it's the truth. <laughs> it is. And I've, I've seen uh, Jesse grow tremendously as an individual, as a business owner. It's been quite fun to watch. Wow, thanks. <laughs> and then, okay, so the first one was Wild Ride. The second one is expect to learn on the job. There's something called on-the-job training. And it's kind of like... My guess, I've never been through hair school. It's kind of like when you're in hair school, you go in and they teach you a specific way to do it. 
But then when you roll over to the real world, it's not like what that. a great analogy for a non-hairdresser. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's like me. I I uh, my my background is computer science, meaning I was in school doing that, and then what I learned in school, and then getting in real life, it, not even close. And, and so I think that applies with any schooling yeah. in general. Well, and there's not like a degree for salon ownership. It's like there's business degrees, right? And they're going to teach you generic things, but everyone who opens a salon is going to have a different structure, a different like pay scale, a different way they run things. So there is no handbook for it. Correct. And, and from what I understand, talking to several different stylists, they always talk about when they signed up for business school, or I'm sorry, her school, mm-hmm. that they said, oh, we'll teach you business, but they never do. Never. And, no. and so, so it's now on the job training and you probably started small. You're going to be opening your first salon. But just realize that there's going to be a lot of information coming at you. And also another, another topic that I heard from someone that I admire a lot, Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. He talks about um, knowledge that you get, whether it's investing or whatever. It's, how does he say it? It, it, it builds upon itself. So you learn one thing and the next thing you get builds upon that. And so over time, it just, you're going to be so good at it. Yeah. But you got to dig in. You got to do the hard work to learn it. You can't just expect someone else to do it. You, yeah. you have to put in the hours to do it. Agreed. And you do learn as you go because no one starts us along qualified. You learn through trial and error. You do. You do. And you don't know what's going to work. And you, so it's like, okay, let's give this a whirl and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Agreed. So, so that's number two. Number three is expect mistakes. Uh, it's just, it's hard because what's going to happen is you're going to make mistakes. People around you are going to make mistakes and you'll want to push the blame button. Mm-hmm. And it's, you have to bite your tongue. You have, I, I do that a lot. And, and I talk about it where, where most of the time I don't say anything. And do you think that's beneficial? Um, well, for me, it is okay. Um, because it allows, so, you know, if you get into a situation where you want to point the finger at someone, mm-hmm. if you do it right, then you're more than likely going to say something that was more extreme yeah. and yeah. more so over you react the top off of your emotion. Correct. And you may regret. Yeah. 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 And so it's, especially if we're talking employees and stuff like that, you, you have to, um, so how do you have a fine balance of like biting your tongue but still addressing the problems because sometimes you can't just sweep it under the rug, right? So, so this is this is what I do, and and this is to either you or anyone I'm 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 working with, and you know we're a family business, so <laughs> we're constantly probably pissing each other off. Mm-hmm. But but typically, so I'll get a I'll get a text message, um, and I'll go. What? <laughs> I hope you react that way every time. I'm glad we have that on video. Yes. <laughs> And and I and I'm and and I and I immediately pick up my phone and my response is and I type it and I delete it. (laughs) I delete it. I type it again and I delete it. I put my phone down. Oh, so when I see the bubbles, now I know. I I (laughs) put my phone down and I go do something else and get my mind off it, pull back, and it can be ten minutes, it can be fifteen minutes, it can be an hour. Then I'll respond and then I'm gone in from emotion to critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's hard. None of these things are good, and I am not perfect at this. That's a learned skill. But that is healthy. That's a good way. Like, I wish I was more like that. Yeah. I react on emotion. Well, it's it's something you learn over time. And and like I said, I'm not perfect at this. It's just, um, I I, I have learned that if I blow up or go, what? 
you know, it, it usually will come back to bite me in the, in the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's how I do. So expect mistakes yourself mm-hmm. and be easy on yourself, especially when you're younger. At least when I was younger, I was very hard on myself and, and I, I could beat myself up. A skill to learn is to learn that inner voice and quiet it. Oh. Quiet that inner voice that can just beat you up because mm-hmm. we are our own worst critics. If you don't know what I mean by your, your inner voice, pay attention because you have it. A voice that goes off in your head and you don't even know it's there, but it's talking 24-7. And, um, and, and the idea is to control it. And then also expect mistakes from others and just roll with it and don't react right yeah. then. That's smart. So number four, you will run into long hours and oh, yeah. hard work. As the business owner, and I think Jessica is the perfect example of this, and I fall into the category too, there is no eight to five job. It is mm-hmm. 24-7, and I, I would say I'm up at seven. Well, this morning I was up at four, um, <laughs> yeah. and then it's go, 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 go until I basically go to bed. And I'll get breaks here and there, but basically it's always on. And you're the exact same way. Yeah. And sometimes you dream about it because you take it into your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. And I feel like to be a business owner, you kind of have to have that because there are some people who can clock in, clock out and not even think about their job twice. And that's the way they like it. And I wish I was that way. But even as like a regular hairdresser, I was that way. You're texting clients, you're posting on Instagram, you're thinking of things like that behind the scenes. So I feel like as a hairdresser, if you already do that and you're looking to open a salon, expect that times 20. Because now you would not only have your personal business to worry about, you have all your employees, everyone who works for you, things like that. Um, and I feel like it's important to know that going into it. And if you have the determination and drive to do it, you're going to be great. But not everyone has that. And that's okay. I really do think that. But um, you have to have that passion for what you're doing and be willing to do the late nights, the long hours, putting your everything into it. I always say, I'm really glad I did this before I had kids because. I couldn't have put everything into it the way I did in the past now. Um, so I'm glad I built it to that point because Jay-Z was my baby for so many years and it still is. Now I just feel like I have another kid on top of it. <laughs> I have like 17 kids actually counting everyone who works here. But um, yeah, you have to be able to dedicate yourself to it. Kind of like when you're building a clientele, you have to work hard the first year or two and then it gets a little bit where you can delegate and stuff like that, but it, it takes some time to get there. Lots of sacrifices. Oh, yeah. It does. And it's, it's easy on social media to go, oh, they, they, they have you know, this many followers and look how successful they are. Yeah. But it's, it's easy to look at a picture and go, oh, I could do that. But you don't understand what the effort and the energy is 24-7, seven days a week. Yeah. It's just always on. I always say, like, I'm like, I wish sometimes I had a normal nine to five where you can just go home at night or the weekends and go have fun. Like, go out with your friends or like chill. Like my brain never stops. And I feel like every second you're dealing with something or you're working on something and that's okay. Cause that's, what's making your business better. And your business will only succeed if you're willing to put that work in. But yeah, you, you'll never get that break. Yeah. I, I would also say that maybe it's my age or whatever, but it's almost now for me that the hard work and the long hours is my fun. Me too. It's my entertainment. And, yeah. and, and I, I would rather do that than go out and do 
do other things. Yeah. And 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 there's a problem. Maybe maybe we're maybe we're from the same mold. Yeah. Maybe or maybe you made me. That's weird. <laughs> I was gonna say you don't like going out to dinner. I'm kind of sad you're about like, that. You're like Christina. No, no, no. Your dinner value. What? I, I like that. But what I can say is, we, Di and I went out to dinner last night. But a lot of it is mm-hmm. business conversations because we don't have as much time to do stuff. So it's yeah. like gong 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 because I'm throwing out ideas. She's throwing out ideas and. And we've got to make decisions. You were like, what did we talk about before this? Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. Me and Kira and Bay and mom went to dinner the other night to plan Bailey's wedding. And afterwards we were like, we didn't talk about business the whole time. That was so weird. Like we just talked about Bailey's wedding and we're like, we need to do that more often where we just like enjoy each other as family because we don't ever do that. But I also feel the same as you where like Jordan has talked to me and been like, you need to stop working. You're going to overwork yourself. But I'm like, you don't realize that like editing or posting or creating content or whatever we're doing for our jobs, like those things are fun for me. So when I'm up working on something, most of the time, I'm not like this sucks. I'm like, I'm excited to do this. Right. And my advice for everyone is find a job that you're excited about that way. But, um, that's the reason I think that creative people end up in entrepreneurship or ownership is because we are so passionate about what we're working on. Um, but I think it's a good thing to enjoy your job. Like I, I struggle to take time off. Like even yesterday I was home. Like I worked from home because I had a sinus infection, which you probably had last week. I heard. Yeah. Ugh. yeah she bad. had it. We've all had it. It's terrible. Um, and I was working from home most of the day and I was like, okay, I'm resting, but I'm like still editing and do like, I cannot sit still. I'm the same way. Have you always been that way or is it more recent? No, I, I think I, this is how I'm wired. Yeah, me too. And I was watching a video the other day. Um, her name's JC Marie on YouTube. And she, do you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about? She literally did a video and she's like, I want to talk about this. And I don't know if anyone can relate, but I genuinely love working and I don't have hobbies for fun. And she goes, I feel like I don't relate to most people my age, but I genuinely enjoy it. And my brain is wired that way. And she said, uh, and I, I related to everything she said, because I was like, that's me. And she said, you know, I've given myself a hard time and beat myself up. Like I need to take a break. I need to stop doing this. And she goes, but maybe I needed to realize that it's okay to be that. That's just who I am. If I'm not out with my friends every weekend, because that doesn't sound fun to me, that's okay. We're all different people. And yes, you need to like, obviously take a break for yourself once in a while. Like you exercise as your outlet, right? You need to have an outlet. But if you enjoy what you do, I think we need to stop feeling guilty about that. And her saying that I was like, oh my gosh, light bulb. Like it was cool. Yeah. I, I don't feel guilty. Um, oh, good. I don't have any kids at home now. So that's the hard part. So yeah. that's, that's the hard part. Um, it yeah. kind of, you are actually in the perfect predicament because your kids are the business. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> you are like in the what, best Whether they want me involved or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, then number five here is lots of paperwork. Uh, federal, state, city, insurance, taxes, um, business licenses. And they all have to be, all of this has to be done every year. And, and so if you don't enjoy it, um, hire it out, uh, give it to your husband, give it to your wife, Mm -hmm. give it to someone that you can give to and just say, look, I can't do all this and this hand it off. It's not fun. And and I'll be the first to admit that I don't enjoy taxes, Mm -hmm. but you have to know it. You have to learn it and you have to, you have to go out of your way to learn it. And it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But if you learn it, as soon as you learn that, um, it will pay in dividends through your whole career, uh, especially tax breaks, whatever it may be for a business, it will pay in dividends over time. Yeah. Um, and, and over time, maybe you'll go, okay, this isn't so bad after all. 
So expect that. Lots of paperwork and it just never ends. Um, And the bigger you grow, more paperwork. And I do feel like in the beginning, we would like do it ourselves. I wouldn't do it. You guys would do it. Um, Or like hire a family friend or whatever. Like we started with Sunday and now we have Sunday in-house and I count it. So it's obviously grown over time, but that's how you have to start is learning it and maybe having someone you know help you. Correct. So so basically on that, I had uh, you know, I had my day job that I had to do, and I did that for four, four and a half years before I came over to Jay-Z, which I could include as a, a peak. Yeah. Um, but I was doing two jobs, and I had to do all that paperwork, all the, all of the, um, the, uh, the money stuff, mm-hmm. you know, all the transactions, uh, do it all. And, and it was a lot, and I made That's mistakes. two full-time jobs. Yeah, it was, but I was you were doing that too. It sucks. Yeah. It's it's Awful. not fun, but you have to do what you have to do. And yeah. and I would also say that um if if you're going to be doing something, like for instance, this is how you worked. Um you actually worked every day as a stylist mm-hmm. when we started out and then the salon was on top of that. Yeah. You had yeah. to have your day job to make money. Yeah. And and that's how everyone's going to be. If you're going to start a side hustle, you got to keep the day job to pay mm-hmm. the bills. And then you do the side hustle on the side. And maybe, if you're lucky, it will replace your day job. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. Jordan actually just asked if he could hire Christina to do some of his, like, he texted or he asked me the other day, he's like, can you text Christina and see if she can help me with my, like, payroll and, like, um, work, sh- what are they called? Not worksheets. Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. <laughs> worksheets. Um, she works for us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but she has all that degree. Or, I don't have a degree. I, I have experience. Say? I know nothing about this. Like the experience in your job. And he was like, can you just, she just helped me get it organized and started. But it's true. It was funny that you said that because I'm like, that's exactly what Jordan's doing, trying to get his up and going. But that's where you start is like. And Jor- Jordan, in my humble opinion, would need to do that so yeah. he knows. Oh, you don't have that it. base. If you don't yeah. have that base. It's hard to hand off something you don't know what's going on. Because if else. it comes back, back. to you, yeah. you'll be like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, he's been doing it for like six months. He just thinks it needs to be better organized. Okay. And but I'm yeah. just saying, Christine. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she has she has free time. Don't worry. It's not a full-time thing. <laughs> okay. So that's number five. So number six. So as you build out your first salon or, or do whatever it takes to get this business off the ground, Expect the costs to be more than what you thought they would be. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be up to 50% more. I mean, I look at this oh. last salon that we built out and, you know, I got a number from, <laughs> from my wife on what it would be. And I, I didn't believe her. I, I knew yeah. it was wrong. But the idea that it's going to be more was already in my head because oh, we'd yeah. already done it twice. And, and to um, this day, we're still making improvements and changing things. Like it actually never ends. Correct. I keep thinking, okay, this is the year that we're done making <laughs> no. changes, but, but it's, changes are still going on every day. Um, but just keep that in mind that you're, you, you're going to have a budget, but the budget's going to more than likely not be all that accurate. Mm-hmm. And it could be frustrating, especially if you have a business partner or whatnot. Uh, it is what it is, especially in our world today where we've got inflation and, yeah. and all this stuff. It's a surprise that will, that will come. You will yeah. see it. If it's not in one thing, it'll come in another. I know people always ask me like, okay, so what's, what should my budget be to start? And I'm like, I can't even tell you because everyone's different. It depends on your area, like the structure you're going for. So yeah, you kind of have to figure that out for yourself and it will be more. Start small, go to Ikea. Yeah, that's do, what we did. Do what, I, and, and we still <laughs> yeah. do that yeah, kind of stuff. we do. 
Um, our lockers. most requested item is where did you get your lockers, lockers in your break room? And those are IKEA. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. and, and they're discontinued. Now, right? Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, so so that's probably it from a cost perspective. So um, moving on to number seven, this this is the hard part for people that are starting out to understand, and I I did not fully grasp this concept. There's a concept out there called if you open a business, you're not going to make any money for five years. Yeah. And I did not fully get it. And it takes you to be in it and learn it full hand that, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I get it now. And, and why is that? You could be bringing in all this money, but all that money goes right back into the business. Yeah. And Which so, is why you have to keep your day job until it gets to that point. It, it does. And, and so you, you, you've, gotta, you've just got to keep that in mind that if it's going well, you know, over time, you will make some money, but it takes a long time to get there. It's mm-hmm. it for me with Jay Z. I didn't take a paycheck for four years. No, and I'm, my paycheck's about this big now. Mm-hmm. And and I took a huge cut coming over here. Worth it, but that's something that you need to understand. It's not there's a switch that flips, um, and then all of a sudden you got all this money. Mm-hmm. It's you just it's weird, but it all goes back into the business yeah. and and. You know, so you've got all these, you got all these things you have to pay for. Then on top of that, you got employees, you got taxes, you've got the problems that come up, all the, the fixes, the products you have to buy, and the and the the list is endless. And people are always in your, they've got their hand in your pocket, mm-hmm. and they're pulling money constantly. <laughs> yeah. And and it's it, it's it's a, a wake up call. Yeah. But if you have that expectation and you look at it this way, Dai tells me this all the time. You just got to look at it at the cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. Don't fret over the taxes and how much you have to pay in taxes. It's just a part of business. Yeah. And and so that that's that's a hard one. And uh, but just you have to persevere. Read read your read your thing on your <laughs> cup there because it applies. Get what you work for, not what you wish for. That's so true, though. With it anything. Is. It is, and it, it specifically mm-hmm. applies here. But also, it's interesting to point out that you would not have been able to quit your job even four years into this if you hadn't have been preparing for that your whole life because you were yeah. smart with your money, your retirement, your savings, all the stuff you've talked about on this podcast. <clears throat> if you were not in a good place of doing that, it would have been impossible. Uh, good point. Um, my mom said this to me the other day that I didn't know she had been telling people. I, I, I must have told you this. No, but I'm no, I'm I just love, intrigued because I love anything that passes. I'd never heard her say this, but apparently she tells people this all the time about me. I was born with a nickel in my hand. Oh my gosh! Someone said that to me the other day. Really? Maybe mom said it. She said, "Grandma said this about dad." It was someone told yeah. me that grandma said that. Yeah, and I said, and I and my 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 first love response that. was, so "Jessica wasn't born with a nickel in her." Head. I was born with a credit card. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> what does that mean, though? It, it means that I'm I'm uh, hyper focused on money. Like you're money driven. Money driven, but I'm, not I'm to spend it. So so I actually thought of this on my run today, crazy yeah. or not. Um, but you you've got different people. You know, got money driven people, spending people that spend money. And then you've got fame and fortune and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So for me, it's money, but not spending it. I, spending it means nothing to me. It's, I was going to say, it's you care a lot it, about money for someone who doesn't like it. But it's watching it. it grow. That's more exciting to me than, than actually the buying material something. Things yeah, and, I, yeah. I mean. I, it's the freedom the, that buys you. The freedom, exactly. Uh, financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about this a lot on this, this podcast. Yeah. So, so I would say I am 
money driven to have financial freedom. How would you say you're driven? You know, I was thinking about this as you were talking about it, and I have no idea how to describe myself because I enjoy spending money. I really do. I have a problem. (laughs) I like nice things. And I think a lot of it is I'm actually super OCD. And so I feel like I have to have things a certain way and like that it, it just goes into it. But at the same time, when it comes to work, I'm not money driven in the sense of like, you know, like half the time I talk to him, like, I'll give up my salary if we can do this instead with the money to build the business or put it into someone else. Okay. But, yeah. He's like, all right. <laughs> and, you know, like I was willing not to take a salary for four years with you at the time, like before I stopped doing hair fully. And I feel like anytime I'm like a new product launches or something happens here, I'm not thinking the dollar. I'm thinking I'm excited about this. Like I'm excited yeah. to go out and teach. I'm excited to have these fun new things. I'm excited to make our brand better. So I feel like when it comes to like, our business. I'm not money driven, but at the same time, I do enjoy having money. So what am I? Only you can decide. I don't know. I'm a mutt. I'm a hybrid. <laughs> I, 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 well, it turns out that we have a very good partnership. Where, right. Where, I was just you know, about to say that. Mm-hmm. Where, we, you know, it's the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. That's true. We don't always see eye to eye on things. Um, I do get frustrated. My guess is she gets very frustrated with me. I, we've got a pretty good partnership where, yeah, we can sometimes have words, but overall, we're pretty we're pretty good i also feel like our relationship's gotten better as adults doing this than even when i was growing up yeah oh yeah definitely she was a hard child yeah my dad literally said the other day to us he goes i remember exactly when jess flipped and became hard it was february of seven oh no i remember this i'm like the fact that you know the month in the year (laughs) like i must have made an impression well, yeah, we won't get into that. That's another <laughs> podcast. That will be a good podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it takes years to make money. Just keep that in mind yeah. and, and know that it can be worth it. If your business is going well, just keep at it. Plug in away. Know that it's a lot of hard work, but you're looking for financial freedom. That's how I'm looking at it, so that you can control your own time over yeah. the years. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It mm-hmm. takes many, many years to get there. Yeah. Um, especially unless it's, of course, someone hands you a trust fund or something like that. But a majority of us are not in that situation. There's also downsides to that. You don't want to be handed anything. I think that You've, you need to work for what you have. You've, you don't know how to work if it's been mm-hmm. handed to you. You just don't. Yeah. And there's so many stories about that. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is, um, and I think everyone here, especially Jess, will relate to this. No one cleans or cares like the owner. That is true. Megan, get to work. Just kidding. (laughs) You're like, shit. I will say though, you and Sierra have been amazing because having employees like that who actually do care makes a huge difference. Because we've had both. We've had people who you can tell this is a nine to five for them. And there's people who actually want to make the place better and want to invest themselves. But you're right. No one will care as much as you do about your own business, which is why we overwork ourselves. Yeah. And that's a a hard thing to do. And so- it's hard, but yeah. the owners, the you know, people, I, I, and I, I know they, you know, Jessica struggles with this because mm-hmm. she gets OCD and, and she can, yeah. she can, uh, what's, what's, what the, you've right? all seen it. I'm like, your shit's in the bin, in the break room, <laughs> get it by Friday or it's getting thrown away. Like I get, this is disrespectful. Yes. I, I get it. to a point where I'm like, no. Yeah. And it builds up and it builds up. And then the break, I do it point. to Jordan too. I'm like, your shit's in the bin. <laughs> but yeah, I've always been that way and yeah. it's not good, but it's because it is our place. And I was the same way when I worked in a salon before I owned Mm -hmm. this, like I didn't care as much. I would leave the place, you know, like my bowls in the sink and not think twice. But then when you have your own place, it's like, Oh, 
So it's like, I don't hold it against anyone, but at the same time, it is hard because you care so much. And you have to look at it from a business owner as well as uh, an employee or a stylist. Mm -hmm. Um, The owner's going to be very on top of this stuff and they're going to talk to you. They're just going to talk to you. But it goes back to our first point, you know, or one of our points up here of you got to do it right. You can't, you can't do it. We talk about the three T's. What are those? Do you remember? Topic, timing, and tone. Did we learn that at our um, energy session? I think that's where we learned it. Did we? Yeah. Remember we went and got our chakras read? Yeah. And he said it to you. He said, you have something with your tongue and like, um, like you hold your emotions and you bite your tongue and you said, yeah, I do that. And then he brought up, I've learned topic, timing, and he tone. And that's where we got it. And you say it all the time now. Yeah. And, and that's kind of my mantra. And I like, I think we have the three T's on our board up where we have our, our meetings. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it boils down to is you got to do this. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Can I swear? No, <laughs> no, we're not perfect. Um, we're always learning and we're all, you know, family can be hard sometimes, but you know, I think we do overall a pretty good job. Yeah. Agree. Um, moving on. Did you have anything you want to add to that topic? No, I think you're right though. Okay. Number nine, customer service. Be prepared that the customer's going to always be right, mm-hmm. especially when you're starting out. Um, and even when they're wrong. Even when they're wrong. That, yeah. that, I guess that was the point I was trying to make. Thank you for bringing that up. Do you have examples of stories of that? I mean, you can have a client or a customer, and I'm sure Megan sees this way more than we do, that comes in disrespectful does everything wrong, but you have to smile and you have to bite your tongue. Yes. (laughs) Topic timing and tone. You have to give not, maybe not give them what they want, but you have to keep a professional attitude because they can go leave a review. They can go tell people. And even if you were being disrespected as the owner, it's still, or the manager or whatever, it's still your responsibility to keep that professional face on. And unfortunately it sucks, but it's just how it is. And it's hard, yeah. especially at Megan. She probably sees all sorts of stuff. Yeah. We'll probably get into that. <laughs> it's true. It, it is. But customer service is, is the only way you're going to grow. My, my guess is more customers are going to walk through your door based on word of mouth than 100%. going out and advertising. And I do feel like we've done a good job with that. There's been trial and error. There's things we've handled wrong. There's things we've done right. But overall, we've as a company decided customer service is our biggest thing. And um, there will still be customers that even if we bend over backwards, they're going to be mad at us. Like that's just how it is. But I feel like overall, we always get really good feedback about our customer service, whether it's reviews, emails, they'll be like, the front desk was great. Sierra was great. Your email was great. Like everyone I feel like is really... I don't know, complimentary of us in that way. Yeah, and I think that's by design. Yeah. I mean, we will go to great lengths. What's and that lose, Amazon thing? Uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, you, and that's like our motto. Um, I don't know what the motto is. I, 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 I It's on our whiteboard out there, but it's, it's a good one. It's something about the customer. Oh, uh, be obsessed with your customers. Be obsessed yes. with your customers. Hmm. Um, and, and that's true. And, and, you know, from Jay-Z's perspective today, you know, we have the salon, but we also have the other business. And we will take financial hits mm-hmm. to keep that customer happy, yep. to keep that customer coming back to us. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos at Amazon, that is, that's kind of the model I'm trying to go with, or we're trying to go with, uh, which is we want to, we're, we're looking not at one year, we're looking at five years or 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can do that is to keep your customers happy. So we will take that temporary hit to keep them happy and keep them coming back. Yeah. And it sometimes hurts. Um, but that's what we try. Are we perfect every time? Probably not. No, definitely not. Okay. But we try. And I think that people see that. And I think there are companies that you can tell are not that way. And you can see an immediate difference in the way it's run. And I think since we all are so close and we're a family business, you can kind of feel that too. Correct. 
I think it's worked well for mm-hmm. us up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing is hiring is hard. Yeah. It is um, difficult to find someone that you can click with that works hard, you, that is self-directed, um, and that just knows what to do without having to hold their hand. Yeah. It's hard. And, you know, they show up, they do what they're told. I, sh- I shouldn't say it that way. They're, they're self-starters. Mm-hmm. And, and so just keep that in mind that, you know, whether it's hiring stylists or people to work the front desk. Thank you, Megan. Um, <laughs> and, and, and any, any place. And, and then it falls back up to if you got to talk to them, you got to talk to them sooner rather than later. And uh, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page, the expectations are matched. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I always say when hiring stylists that I can teach anyone how to do hair, but they have to have the natural work ethic, the customer service. You re- it's hard to teach someone to be a good person or be a self-starter. So as long as I feel good about like their characteristics and their personality, I can kind of take them and like mold them into what they want to be. But it's the same way with behind the scenes and business type people. You have to have people who are wanting to work and w- willing to be self-starters and have that natural like go get them attitude. So yeah. that is one of the most important things for sure. Yeah. And you're going to have turnover no matter what. Yeah. All the time. We have had turnover in every single position we've ever had. And it sucks, especially when you get comfortable with people. But it's just part of salon life and business ownership in general. And don't take it personally unless they tell you it's personal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, unless they tell you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that those are the 10 things that I came up um, to expect if you're opening a new salon. Did yeah. you have anything you wanted to add to that? Um, I think you touched on it all really well. I think the biggest thing that I would say is don't open a salon expecting to make money because they're not money makers. They're really not. It's a fun business to have. It can make you a little bit of money, but if you want to really take it to the next level, you need to sell retail. You need to create your own product. You need to have something else besides the salon, whether it's just having a boutique or, you know, like a lot of salons will have jewelry, boutique, things you can buy outside of it. And it's another reason why salons in general have a very strict um, retail policy for their stylists. Like most commission salons require a certain amount of sales from their stylists. Like we worked at Aveda. We did front mm-hmm. desk there for years and or not years, months, but you did there. <laughs> you were there a year. Yeah. You were a long time. You yeah. were the turnover you just talked about. I was about. the turnover. <laughs> yeah. I left. Um but wait, did I leave to start Jay Z? No. I don't even remember why no, I left. Didn't you move? I don't remember. So I don't know. Something but anyway, happened. we did front desk at Aveda together and they had um, like set goals for their stylist. They had to bring in this much amount on clients, this much on retail. They literally had to like carry a basket out yeah. with their client and be like, this is exactly what you need to buy today. Like it was hard sales and most salons are that way. But you it's because stuff. Yeah, you can only use Aveda, very strict, which is fine. Like yeah. every brand should be loyal to themselves. But most salons are that way because that's the only way a salon owner can make money. Like you can make as, you know, much money as you want on clients, but if it's a dead season right now, inflation, like we're getting a lot of no-shows and cancellations. That's how the industry is right now. It's going to be up and down. Um, Retail's a little more where it's at, wouldn't you say? Like that's why our business has grown. Yeah, but you got to get people in the door and the hair is, oh yeah, the salon is what people gets in the door. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. But I'm saying like, if you start this way, it may need to expand. Or I know a lot of girls who are like, I want to open a booth rent salon because that's my dream. And it's like, that's awesome. But that also will cap you. Like you can't keep making money unless you keep raising your booth rent, you know? So just remember that like your structure will fluctuate as you're moving on in your career. And 
sometimes having more than one stream of income is going to be beneficial. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go back to the very first thing I said, positive mindset. We're not trying to be negative. We're just kind of, we're kind of laying it out as we see it. Yeah. Um, so positive mindset. That's, yeah. that, that's what you have to have and you have to smile and just go, okay, uh, business is hard. It, yeah. it is. It's not, it's not all, all a cakewalk. Yeah. It isn't. But there's some great things to it. Yeah, there is. And it's fun. And, you know, our salon is our like, I guess, like stage. And then we've kind of like built the rest of our business on top of it. But because of that, I feel like we are guilty, me and my dad, of being back here in the warehouse, focusing on this business a little more. And sometimes the salon, we don't think about it for weeks or months at a time, which is why we have Megan to run it. And she's amazing. So I'll let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit and then we're going to grill you a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm Megan. I'm the salon manager. Um, I've been with Jay-Z for about a year now. Um, I did start as the receptionist and I am now managing. So that's been super fun. Um, I was in hair school, so I do have a pretty good background on hair and how it works and all that. So that's definitely helped. But, um, that's like the true definition of a self-starter though. Like within a year you've built your way higher into the company, which is amazing. Um, did you apply to be my nanny before you okay, applied so, this job? Yeah, I, I interviewed that. here for like four different positions. I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yes. like warehouse nanny. There were so many. There things. was like a, she knew really? where she yeah. wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I was gonna hire as my nanny, and then I ended up having you watch Jagger instead. It was like oh, around that funny. time, I think, or something like that. And yeah. I kept telling my sisters, I'm like, I wanted to hire her as my nanny, but I actually think she'd be really good here. And then yeah. we ended up hiring you here, which thank God, because been great <laughs> yeah I love it here I was following you guys before I even wanted to go to hair school really? yeah so how long were you in hair school mm, two semesters like is there four semesters yeah I was in there like half two semesters okay. I'm pretty sure gotcha that's awesome. and then it was actually like I was still in hair school when I started here and I from seeing the behind the scenes, I actually kind of realized, I was like, I don't know if I want to do hair, but I love being in this environment and I love the business side of it. So that's kind of when I realized I yeah. didn't want to do Which the hair. honestly was a blessing for you maybe, because right. maybe you wouldn't have realized that until and I you were. done all the way. Yeah. So yeah. it was nice. But That's crazy. Um, do you want to ask her the first question and then, unless we kind of out. Um, yeah, we kind of, I guess we can um, ask this. What did your job start with and how has it evolved so again, I did start as the receptionist um, and I feel like I kind of started doing a lot of that day-to-day management management stuff before I was um, officially the yeah. manager. And I feel like I was just willing to do more than what a receptionist typically does. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of how... Like moving boxes. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, that I was, was I was willing to do the heavy lifting, <laughs> literally. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. So I do feel like something I've appreciated about you is that you'll come up to me or Kira or whoever and be like, I have this idea. Or like, you always are thinking about things that can make it better out there, which yeah. we appreciate because we're not out there as much. And finding people like that is so important. Yeah. Um, okay. So what does your typical day in the life as a salon manager look like? Um, I get here before most of the stylists typically, um, and then I make sure the salon looks good, um, is ready for the day. And then, um, I mean, it just changes a lot, but again, you can't like predict the day at all. Um, but just making sure stylist stations always look good. Um, 
once a week I'm tracking the salon income and new clients coming in, all that. And then um, inventory. So making sure that like there's so many things you don't even think about, like Mm -hmm. all the cleaning supplies, stocking the bathroom, stocking all the stuff that the stylist might use, um, the front desk. So that stuff. And then I'm still doing receptionist jobs. So like answering the phone, um, which I don't think necessarily is always a salon manager, but I'm just doing both still. So because yeah. we for a minute had like you doing reception and then like we had other shifts with receptionists and right. then on Saturdays. But we kind of realized you're the one who does the scheduling. It's hard when other and people. And honestly, it works best that way. I feel does. like it just is helpful to kind of have your eyes on everything. Yeah. Because then any running. client that comes in, you probably talk to them and you yeah, know exactly. a little history, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that's great. I think it's worked really well that way. Yeah. Okay. What is your um, easiest and hardest part of the job? Be honest. <laughs> I want to know. She's like, my bosses suck. <laughs> Honestly, one of the hardest parts is just if you do have a problem client or some kind of issue between a stylist and client, you have to balance like keeping that client happy. And then mm-hmm. also you want to make sure your stylists are still feeling like seen and yeah. that they're not being chipped over the situation so I feel like that's hard sometimes because I care so much about the stylist but you also keep the clients happy and you want them to be feeling like they're taken care of so balancing that is probably the hardest yeah you're like the middleman and a lot of times you're being told from us like what rules you have to relate to the people right so it's like you're the messenger and sometimes that sucks for you even though it's like coming from Mm -hmm. us so that yeah and what about Um, the easiest let's see um I love just honestly looking around the salon and just trying to figure out better ways to help it run better day to day. Um, and that's just something that comes easy to me. I feel like I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways. And so that to me is just fun and easy. And I just love to. Yeah. Like even know. small things, like she's like, Oh, we should move the product shelf here or do this or, have, yeah. you know, like, like little things like that make a difference though. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Perfect. Um, what do you think someone looking to open or manage a salon should know? Um, I would say, let's see, I don't know. I feel like having a good environment is going to be the biggest thing. And so you, again, you just want to make sure your stylists feel like, um, they're paid attention to that. They can come to you if there's an issue. Um, if there's something that would make their day easier, um, and then just realizing that not every day is going to be the same at all. There's yeah. always going to be something different that day and you're just going to have to figure it out that day and mm-hmm. go like with it. Like the day we did the boxes, you're like, I almost wore a blazer today. It's a good thing I did I know, it. like, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. We're lifting in heels today, yeah. so. Well, and I think that's a good point because like you said, you want the environment to feel good. And if right. your client walks in and let's say it's a salon that doesn't treat their employees well and everyone's unhappy, they're going to feel that energy. Oh, 100%. And if you have a happy staff and it's a great feeling, then your clients are going to want to come back. And I feel like here we've built a high-end feel without like the snobbiness. Like yes. a lot of high-end yeah. salons have that, right? And mm-hmm. we wanted it to be like very homey and inviting, but still feel nice and luxurious. Yeah. So. And you just have to like laugh about the stuff that like when the semi pulled up and we aren't prepared to lift all these boxes out of the Nuts. semi, um, you just have to laugh, laugh about it and get it done. And then, yeah, I don't know. Those are the best fun. memories, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Diana Falls. It creates a whole thing. <laughs> I mean, on we have Instagram. to post that video on the podcast page. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. That was great. Um, do you think 
having knowledge in hair has helped your position? I know we talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or do you think someone can manage a salon without that background? I would say absolutely it's helped. Um, just even when I was a receptionist, a stylist would mention to me a lot that it's so nice that you have a background on hair. So when you're booking an appointment or just dealing with a client, you have that background to know, okay, it's going to take this long. Maybe that wasn't the best way to mm-hmm. like handle that. And um, if a client needs to come back in, you just have a better idea of how hair works. Yeah. And you understand the stylists and their perspective a little more. Right. Like we've had receptionists in the past too, where like they didn't understand how long a color should be booked out for. So they do it for less time and you understand that. So it's yeah. like easier. Yeah. And like maybe that they might need a small little break between those or yeah. just things like that. Um, but I don't think that it's absolutely, absolutely necessary to have that much of a hair background. I think that you're going to learn that over time, mm-hmm. but it's, um, you'll definitely want to look into Steady that. up on it. <laughs> yeah. Watch some YouTube videos or something. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I love that. I don't know, but it's definitely helped me a lot. And with managing day to day. That's honestly ideal for us. Like we used to have Asia who went to hair school and then enjoyed the business side more. And I love that you're that way because you understand the beauty and hair side of it, but we need someone who loves that and understands it, but also wants to be business. Cause if they just want to be a hairdresser, that position's going to have That's a ton a of overturn. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's actually ideal for us that it worked out that way for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. been great. Yeah. So um, one more question for you. Your goal was to, you know, be a hairdresser. You're going to hair school. What do right. you feel like your career goals are now that things have shifted a little bit? Like, do you see anything long-term for yourself? Um, I don't know. I've actually always been going into hair school. I was less excited about the hair mm-hmm. than I was. Like, I honestly thought I was going to open a salon one day. Oh. Like I just was, and I wanted to get to the point where I didn't have to do hair and I could just kind of run the salon and be on oh, the business side of it. And so now I'm kind of in that like environment and I love it. Um, and so I don't know. I just. Best of both worlds. Yeah. It's That's perfect. awesome. That's so, so great. And Sierra is the same way because she went to aesthetic school yeah. and yeah. just loves the business side. So we got really lucky. Very yeah. lucky. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that was great to hear from your perspective because, you know, we are back here most of the time focusing on like the behind the scenes stuff. And I always really enjoy when Megan comes to me and keeps me informed on what's going on and how the stylists are doing and the salons running because you need people like that that you can trust. So I would say if you are looking to open a salon, start slow, like we said. But when you get to that point where you do hire people to help you, make sure it's people that know the way you want things run. You can trust them. The vibe is right. I think that's a huge thing because in a sense, you are like the face of Jay-Z. When people walk in, they're greeted by you. They talk to you and everything. So it's important. Ford feels really passionate about this. He was so good (laughs) until the very end, you guys. I actually forgot he was here until he cooed the first time. And I was like, is that Jagger? And I was like, wait, no, no, Ford's here. (laughs) But no, I guess he's telling us it's time to wrap up. So that was a great episode. I feel like it was really good. So if you guys liked this, please let us know. Follow us on Instagram. Give us your feedback on this episode. If you would like a part two or just more in depth on this, let us know. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us over here at Just Jay-Z. Catch new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.